Hello, friends, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Last time I was able to share with you my experience at both the GO Conference and the Antioch Church Conference and what the Lord did in my heart and life through old and familiar passages to make them fresh and challenging. And I hope you had some time to just sit with the Lord Jesus and just process some of that. Anyway, I kind of want to continue in that just a little bit where I finished last time with the passage in Romans 8 where Paul quotes that text. It's 835, I believe, or 837, one or the other, where he says that, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Or I mentioned to you Philippians 3, 7 or 8, where he said that Paul considered all things loss for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus. Well, the question to me is, how do we face death all day long with a sense of joy, with a sense of peace? How do we consider all things loss? And essentially, the text answers the question. It's God's love. It's Jesus's love. What will separate us from his love for us? And he makes that list, trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, of the sword. And he says, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And actually, it's really interesting in the different translations where it says more than conquerors. One of them says we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loves us. Or another one says overwhelming victory is ours through him who loved us. So one is that we're more than conquerors, and then the other is kind of like, well, we have this overwhelming victory that we are able to overwhelmingly conquer through Christ Jesus, and especially it's through his love. Well, as I was thinking about this, preparing for this, even in those weekend experiences, I'm just brought back to a time when I was thinking about the Lord's love and how many people know Jesus' love informationally having studied it, having read about it, listened to talks about it. But I don't know that just studying and talks are the level of knowing that Paul is talking about that could actually compel you to put your life at risk, to give up everything, to face death all day long. So the question is, if Paul knew Jesus' love in a different way, remember even his prayer in Ephesians when he says that we would know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. The question is, how do we get to know that kind of love, not just informationally, but really know his love that would empower us to make these kinds of decisions and choices to serve and follow Well, I thought earlier in the Philippians letter where Paul says these words, Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Christ Jesus, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance or vindication. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, my life, whether by life or by death. Paul has this confidence that whether he lives or dies, he's sure that Jesus will be exalted through his body, through his life, whether living or dying. 
And at the heart of it, he says, it's through your prayers and God's provision of the Holy Spirit. But then he goes on to say, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Now, we know that. Here's another old and familiar text. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. Friends, I don't know if you've ever read this slow enough to think, what do you mean? What shall I choose? Like, as though Paul were sitting there in prison thinking, well, I think I'm going to choose to die because that's better by far. No, I think I'll choose to live. It's this weird sense of, what will I choose? But I think the weird part is what he's trying to say are that both are equally good to him. That to live and experiencing Christ with him and in him and doing things on behalf of Jesus that is fruitful labor, that's accomplishing things, making disciples. He says, that's so good. That's living in and with Christ that, well, I really like that. But to die is gain. I am torn between the two, he says. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. And I thought, yeah, Lord, I remember the first time I was meditating on this, memorizing this, and I thought, okay, God, there's something messed up inside me because I would say, I desire to depart to get out of this suffering world. I want to be out of this mess. I want to be away from this. Paul says, I want to depart to be with, not to leave from, to be with Christ. And again, I'm like, God, what is this kind of knowing that Paul has, this relational, deep, knowing, personal, intimate knowing of Jesus that's so real that on the one hand, he says, I want to depart to be with And on the other hand, I want to stay because even when I stay, that's also with Christ. It's doing stuff with Him. It's living with Him, experiencing Him presently. Well, I thought, Lord Jesus, how many, how many of your bride, of your people really know you like that? that there is such a depth of intimacy with you that's a relational, deeply relational intimacy, not a factual one, deeply relational intimacy that says, I consider everything lost. I face death all day long and all this other stuff. I will do it all. Or to say that to live is you, but even more to depart, that I can think about how much I miss Robin, or I used to miss the kids when we were all together as a family, and I just wanted to be with them. I missed them. If there was a way I could get home sooner than later, I'd depart in a heartbeat. God, I wanted to feel that way about you, about Jesus, that I loved you so much. The thought of being able to depart to be with you would be that exciting. Or the fact that being with you presently by the Spirit, working together with you, was so rewarding, so meaningful, so intimate as well, that I would love to stay. Well, the question is, how does that happen? How do we get to know that love, that relationship, that intimacy, as deep as Paul was describing? 
Because in the end, you guys, I don't know that we would really, really, really be willing to lose all things, be really, really willing to face death all day long, even though Paul seems to indicate that's like normal life, that we could experience trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger of the sword. We need to know Jesus and his love at such a depth that would really make that true for us. So I'm asking, Lord, how does this happen? How does this happen for each of us? Well, several things I felt like the Lord brought to mind, some passages. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22, Paul says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and listen, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. I've talked about this over the years, but friends, this is so critical that when we believe and we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive one of the persons of the Trinity in our life, and mysteriously we experience the Father and the Son as well, but we receive a person into us. We don't just get a get-out-of-hell-free card. We receive the very person of God into our hearts and lives. And then he refers to that experience as a deposit with the idea that we get to taste the love, the joy, the peace, the intimacy, the relationship of our future eternal life presently to some measure, like a deposit is just a portion of the whole, but that we have received this person so now I'm thinking about, okay, so the Holy Spirit as a person's come into our hearts and into our lives. Yay. But then it made me think next was Romans 8, 15 and 16, where he says, The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with or confirms with, bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children. Friends, again, the, the thing that's just so critical is that it's not just something that God planted as a deposit that's an inanimate deposit like money or something. He deposited his very self, his very self into our souls and the very first purpose, maybe one of the primary purposes of that, is that He, the Holy Spirit, interacts with, resonates with, testifies with our spirit. This is real experiential language that you would know that you know that you know that God is alive, that He loves you, and that you belong to Him. And it's so real that what comes spewing out of your mouth is, Oh, Daddy. Oh, Daddy. Oh, Savior. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. This is what comes out of your mouth because you know that you know it's real. And at the same time, we're also told that not only does the Spirit bear witness to the fact that we are His child, but I think His job is also to tell us that we are His bride, Jesus' bride, that we are Jesus' brother or sister, His friend. 
or in these metaphor ways as well of being a sheep and part of his body. See, you don't just know this because you read it on a page. Thank God it's written in the Bible. But Paul's talking about the way that you know, that you know that you are loved, you know that you belong, you know whose you are, is by the very Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit in such a profound, deep, real, intimate way that would cause you to go, Ha, ah, Daddy, oh, my friend, my Lord, my Savior, God, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And see, I think what flows out of that then is that we want to do this life with him for his sake, for his purposes, because of tasting some of that future and tasting this intimacy that starts happening. An intimacy that I, I want to talk about in the next podcast is how do we nurture that intimacy beyond just the Spirit confirming with, testifying with the reality of this change that's happened and who's in us and that the future's real and His love is real and who we are to Him is real. And we're going to talk about how do we nurture that, nurture that, nurture that, and especially in terms of discerning what He's saying to us and speaking to us. But I think the other thing and final thing for this podcast was just simply that we also receive power to face trial, hardship, persecution, famine, to face death all day long. It's not just His love. It's not just His presence. But also there is an empowering, an empowering that it causes us to experience Him in the midst of that stuff. And again, another familiar passage, but I pray that it would touch your heart afresh today, he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, which notice again, it's Jesus, Jesus talking to him. And he says, my grace, Paul, is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. See, the other fascinating thing is I was listening to the stories of the missionaries, listening to the stories of the church planters and all their struggles, is that it was in the midst of those struggles that they also encountered such profound intimacy and power him helping them, encouraging them, strengthening them to get through those things in such a way that Paul says this ridiculously crazy statement that I delight in this stuff because it causes me to experience Jesus' love and presence and power and care and support in a way that it can't happen otherwise. In fact, one of the guys, as he was sharing those, said, you know, the hard part is when you're going through it. He says, sometimes it's hard and you might lose focus. But at the end, there's a great story to be told. And isn't that true? When we've gone through things, the delight of looking back and going, wow, what a story. And how that caused me to experience Jesus, to know Jesus, to know his love and power and presence. See, I think without really engaging in the Holy Spirit's very presence and noticing, asking for a fresh awareness and touch of his very presence, confirming with your spirit, 
delighting in, in these various kinds of difficulties where we get to experience Him. It needs to be real. Our walk with the Holy Spirit, oh, it just needs to be real. Friends, I just, I just want to finish out this time with you listening to these passages, listening to them from the Lord's heart to yours, just that you would hear from Him how much He loves you, how much He wants you to know this by the Spirit. So listen now. It is I, your God, who makes you stand firm in Christ. I anointed you, set my seal of ownership on you, and put my spirit in your heart as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. You see, my love has been poured out into your heart through Holy Spirit who has been given to you. For indeed, the Spirit you received from me does not make you a slave so that you live in fear. Rather, I, Holy Spirit, whom you received, brought about your adoption. And by me you cry, Abba, Daddy, Father. For I, Holy Spirit, myself testifies with, I confirm with, bear witness with your spirit that you are God's child, Jesus' friend and brother, a part of his bride. Finally then, know that my grace, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect or reaches full measure, completion in weakness. Therefore, boast, boast all the more gladly about your weaknesses, so that my power may rest on you. For my sake, delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. For when you are weak, then you are strong. Father, I pray for all of us who are listening, pondering this today. I pray that our intimacy with you would be strengthened, increased, maybe experienced in a measure not yet experienced. Because, Lord, we need this level of experience of you in us, with us, if we're going to be able, Lord, to face death, to face persecution, to face weakness, to be willing to go, to give up comfort and security, to be able to quench any fear or worry, Lord. We need to experience you in this way. And so, Father, I pray that you would show yourself faithful to your promises, faithful to your word. Holy Spirit, have your way in each heart today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everyone, and have a great day.